If you like what you hear, come and visit me at youtube.com slash tiptoe the tank and see this content in all its glory. Play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. But perhaps I'm being judgmental, for all I've learned in regards to the story of Dead Space, I'm still left with questions to accompany each step. But I've been reminded many times that this is the first of a trilogy, so I'll be patient for now, and just tell the story as I know it. But my first question to, to all of this is what the hell happened on Earth that we've been driven into deep space to hunt for resources? Was it expansion? diminishing resources? Was there war, a disease, or did we finally get it together as a species to conquer new frontiers? Well, I doubt this. We know that 200 years before the events of Dead Space, about the 23rd century, the Church of Unitology was founded on Earth, based on the teachings of a man called Michael Altman, a man who made the public aware of the existence of an alien relic on Earth called a Marker, Though we don't actually have any of Altman's words to share here, only what his fanatical believers project upon him some 200 years ago, and the labeling of him as a martyr. He was well acquainted with the nature and purpose of this mysterious marker. So was he assassinated by the Earth government for this knowledge? Was he too dangerous to be allowed to exist? Well, we don't know, at least not yet. I'm not inclined to believe the ramblings of dementia-infused fanatics, so for now I'll place a question mark upon the true origins of Unitology and this man, Michael Altman. We do know that after this alien relic was found, intense study began on it, engraved in strange runes and letterings and emitting unusual energy that could have perhaps been put to use in some way. Efforts were taken to make copies of this original marker though because of the impact they had on the mental stability of those left in close contact with them, they were moved off Earth. Or perhaps I'm making assumptions. One marker was. At least one marker was made and moved off of Earth. To an empty planet called Aegis Seven. Their experiments began to unlock the secrets of these markers, but it did not end well. An outbreak of psychosis and violent mutations began, but why? How? Well, they found that the runes and symbols on Marker 3A were the code to an alien life form. And what do you suppose happened when they began to experiment with it? Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. It was the first necromorph outbreak. As a result, the planet was abandoned, the system was sealed, and none were allowed in or out ever again. But that's not how things stayed. When the CEC, the Concordance Extraction Corporation, learned of the existence of Aegis Seven, an illegal mining venture was set up to harvest the extremely valuable minerals from the planet. It's currently unknown if the existence of the marker was known before excavations began, but I would wager that yes, it was known, somehow through an information leak from the government, most likely, though that's speculation at this point. A ground facility was established on Aegis 7, and their employees of the CEC reported some unexplained mental distresses, but nothing beyond that. Soon after, the USG Ishimura arrived, a planet-cracker ship 
that looks like a massive drill with a space station attached to it. Unknown to much of the crew, and possibly unknown to the Aegis 7 ground crews, much of the Ishimura's command crew had been planted there by the Church of Unitology. They were not there to mine ore and stone. They were there for the marker. They wanted to remove it from Aegis 7 and return it to Earth for the Church to study, for the Church to use. You see, the marker acts as a containment for a hive mind within Aegis 7, the hive mind of the necromorphs, at least the necromorphs that were created from this marker. If there are more, then I do not yet know the nature of them. Now, Unitology believed that these markers were gifts from God, their answer to eternal life after death, the next evolution of their people, and they wanted it. When the planet cracker Ishimura did its work, cracked the planet open, and extracted the marker, the hive mind of the necromorphs was unleashed upon all faculty who were left planet side. Dementia and psychosis overtook everyone left behind. It was called an epidemic, but leadership on the Ishimura denied the reality of it to everyone else on board the ship. The planet was quarantined, but we know that in reality everyone was killing, being killed, and reconstructed into necromorphs. But the Ishimura was not safe from infection, not with the marker on board. It made it to the ship, this alien DNA. It began to infect crew members. The madness that took place on the mining facility on the planet Aegis 7 repeated the cycle on the Ishimura. Not long after, a ship named the USG Kellyan was dispatched to the USG Ishimura. A planet cracker class ship like the Ishimura going on a communication blackout drew attention. The arrival of the Kellyan was swift. On board is a man named Isaac Clark, who is our silent protagonist. He played a video from a woman named Nicole, though never the full length of it. He seems worried over her, knowing that she is on the Ishimura. Perhaps he volunteered his engineering services to the voyage, but the Kellyan crash lands at the Ishimura. The autodock was disabled, guiding tether malfunctioning, autogravity pulled them off track, almost like something was sabotaged. And very soon after their unfortunate crash landing, two of the five crew are killed by alien monstrosities. The remaining three are divided, and it becomes a fight for survival while repairing parts of the ship. First, to get it functional. But once overrun by threats and continual sabotages, then perhaps an SOS beacon. There could be an escape vehicle they could take. It's a wild trek across the Ishimura to just find something that will work. But hallucinations and irrational thoughts begin to plague our three remaining crew, who then turn into two when one is violently torn apart in front of Isaac. Isaac's final remaining companion, a woman named Kendra, is his only source of guidance and hope as they go. Always ready with an idea, always ready with information, when she begins to hallucinate that her brother is on the ship, waving at her through the monitors, she tells Isaac right away. A race against time becomes pressing as Isaac is also beginning to fall into madness, seeing and hearing things that are impossible. They discover the infiltration of Unitology within the Ishimura, 
They learn of the marker. They find a few maddened survivors of the original crew who beg for help. One in particular, a doctor named Kine, insists not in getting the marker away from the planet, but instead returning it to contain the hive mind. Even this ardent unitologist mind understands that the horror they've uncovered must be stopped. It cannot leave Aegis Seven. His once comrade, though, a Dr. Mercer, wanted the exact opposite. He preached that Isaac must accept the gift of the marker, the gift of God, and submit himself to the will of the necromorph hive mind. Then he will ascend. Neither of these men met with positive endings. Though, Dr. Kine seems to have the best idea, return the marker to Aegis Seven and contain the hive mind. As Isaac works to achieve this, after he loads the marker onto a ship to remove it, Kendra intervenes, revealing herself not to be a unitologist, but rather a government agent. However, she wants to take the marker, not leave it, as had been done almost 200 years prior. Now, why would that be? Why would a government agent want to remove the marker? She says what Kine didn't know was it was the government's mess to begin with. This whole planet is one big experiment. So she knows what it is. She's seen what it does firsthand. This entire system can go to hell, she says, but why the hell would they want to bring this thing back to Earth? Almost seems suicidal like a very, very stupid game someone is playing. Deeper into his hallucinations, bordering on madness due to exposure to the marker, Isaac is guided by the woman from the video at the start of the game, Nicole, to bring the marker back and return it to Aegis Seven, to make them whole, as she repeatedly puts it. We learn that they were a couple, perhaps married, though it, it doesn't matter. They cared very much for each other, and her presence almost seems too good to be true, doesn't it? Well, of course it is. Isaac finally plays the full video from Nicole. It ends in her suicide. She was on the Ishimura. The ship was overrun, and doom was coming for her. It was the only peaceful end she could have had, and she took it. She's been gone this whole time. The denial of Isaac has finally stopped. In the end, at least the end of this adventure, Isaac succeeds. Through failure after failure, he finds his way. He ends the hive mind, returns the marker to Aegis Seven, and is the only being to make it off the planet alive. But what awaits Isaac when he returns to Earth? When he returns home, Unitology will come for him. The government will come for him. The CEC will come for him. But where else can he run? We don't know, not yet. All Isaac has in that final moment before we depart from him is the haunting visage of Nicole. The madness won't leave him that easily.